DC's chilling from 106KML, man. How you doing? I'm good, brother. I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be uh, rocking with you today and in this space, man. Yeah, man. It's a beautiful space. Uh, as you know, you've been here many of the times. Mm -hmm. uh, just a lot of good vibes with Chef Nell and everything, man. So I'm glad you can come here and... You know what I mean? We're going to have a drink after this, so. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for that. I was ready for that when we walked, we walked in. in uh, I know how it goes down around here. Can we get, you, can we get here. you over here, please? <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, so, yeah, like I said, man, we appreciate you for coming on, man. For sure. And we just wanted to just jump right in, man. Like, I got so many questions to ask you, bro, because you are the first person from the Bay yeah. on here. Uh, I know a lot of people got a lot of love for the Bay, but, man, I just get excited, man, just talking to pe people from the Bay who are, like, doing big things, bro. So, yeah. again, man, thank you. I can't thank you enough, man. Ah, so. Listen, it's all good. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to get down, man. <laughs> what we got going on today, brother? Hey, man, nothing, man. So, uh, I guess my first question out the, out the jump is, like, yeah. man, tell everybody where you're from, man, and, like, your back, a little bit about yourself and your background in, um, in the Bay Area, man. I mean, I'm a kid from East Oakland, California. I grew up on uh, – on Havens Court. For the most part, when I was in high school, I grew up on Havens Court, high school, middle school. Um, I did bounce around Oakland a lot. My uh, family's from, um, I have family from West Oakland. I have family from Sobrani Park. You know, so I really spent a lot of time moving around the town and just kind of uh, shaking and, and, and seeing what the, the whole city was about. I felt like that was a big benefit of me growing up with my parents having a lot of really good friends and mm -hmm. having a lot of cousins and siblings is that I didn't feel like I only had to be in one like area of the city to feel safe. Right. I always felt like I can go and visit and move around. And, and it gave me a, a huge appreciation for Oakland, like as a total package. I feel the same exact way. Cause like, uh, I'm from West Oakland, yeah. um, born and raised there and growing up over there uh i used to have i got so many friends from east oakland yeah. the dps uh a second birch and uh north oakland i've spent a lot of time in north oakland where i went to claremont and everything for middle school and uh the the different parts of oakland to me personally is not as um different as you know what i mean like people make people it think seem, yeah people make it seem like it's crazy different but it's really not we all grew up kind of under certain uh, Even though circumstances, right? Um, what part of the so I just got to ask you, <laughs> what part of the West did you grow up in? Uh, Dogtown, okay, uh, 28th and Myrtle, literally diagonally across from uh, McClimates. Okay, yeah, yeah, no, see, so that was around kind of one of the same areas. I was over on Market yeah. Street for a while, went to Lafayette down right. there. My grandfather grew up, uh, or my grandfather used to live on 12th and Center in the bottoms, oh, you yeah. know, so uh -huh. I used to be down there moving around a lot, like, right. Yeah, it, uh, the the West is super familiar to me for yeah. a lot of reasons. Yeah, I mean, speaking of the West, I see you got your uh, the Panther Black Panther Party uh, jacket on, man. So I, I feel like you got some. Like, tell me about that. Well, um, I got a lot of family that um, have been working in community for a really long time. Mm -hmm. Community, is something that's really important to me, um, and I take a lot of the lessons that the Panthers gave. Mm -hmm. Being an Oakland native and being someone who um, has gotten to sit down and like have a meal and have a conversation with uh, people who have been in a party uh, before. Folks like Elaine Brown and, mm -hmm. and um, Frederica Newton, who of course is the uh, widow of, um, of uh, Huey P. Newton, mm -hmm. uh, and then also Bobby mm -hmm. Seal, who's a close family friend. I've gotten to really kind of talk to them about the movements and things that they were doing in the past. And 
kind of figure out how it relates to where we're at today. A lot of those pe- a lot of people think uh, uh, a lot of those civil rights activists from back in the day are dead nowadays. But yeah. I mean, especially I mean, out here, like I, I know Angela Davis still out here. Yeah, no, Angela Davis is out yeah, in Santa I- Cruz. Okay, so yeah, she's, she's, a, she's she's a teacher she's, out in Santa Cruz. Okay, so, uh-huh, she's uh-huh. Bay adjacent right now. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Bay. <laughs> yeah, um, nah. Uh, to to the point you were trying to say a second ago, a lot of people do feel like civil rights was such a long time ago and the things that the Panther Party were doing were such a long time ago. But in reality, like those people are the age of some of our grandparents and they dealt with civil unrest and they dealt with uh, a lot of things that we're dealing with today, but we just get, you know, the advantage of being able to catch it on camera. Right. (laughs) That's, that's really the only difference in some ways between then and now. So, uh, so yeah, you grew up in Oakland and, how did growing up in Oakland shape your love for music? Like, how did that, like, help you get to, not even help, but, like, led you into the radio personality area? Okay. So, um, I always give this man credit every time I possibly can. Um, my cousin Thomas McElroy uh, was a factor here for a really long time. And when I say a factor, I mean what happened in music in Oakland when I was a child, he was very instrumental in. And groups like uh, Club Nouveau and Timex Social Club um, also, you know, worked with Tony, Tony, Tony. And and um, I tell people this story. I remember going to my uncle's house and seeing gold and platinum albums on the wall, and it was because Tommy and his uh, partner at the time um, and, and music, Denzel Foster, uh, handpicked the women who became in vogue. Oh, wow and executive produced a lot of their early material. So seeing that manifest in family situations and in, uh, you know, the way that I would see, like like I mentioned, the gold and platinum albums and different stuff like that, it gave me a large curiosity about music. Uh, A lot of family of mine are gospel artists in the South and things like that. And I was lucky to go to schools that had music programs Mm -hmm. in Oakland. And I got into it that way. So by the time I got to high school, I was crazy already interested in being some type of musician. And I landed on DJ, which will (laughs) arguably is a musician to some people and arguably is. Hey, man, it's a curator of music, man. So it's the same type of ear to me. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah. So it's funny you say that because, like, Oakland Unified School districts, Districts, to me, really have great or had great school uh uh music programs yeah. i grew up uh i started off in third grade i went to piedmont elementary mm-hmm. third grade they require everybody to play the little plastic flute recorder yeah not, <laughs> <laughs> not even a recorder but it was just literally a plastic flute like oh, okay. it had the same amount of notes as like a tr- uh, saxophone or okay. like a regular flute or something like that but yeah. um so i started off doing that and then uh my music teacher uh mr green i believe he really encouraged me uh, to pick up another instrument. Cause I joined band playing the drums and everything. And then from there, I went to, uh, I picked up a saxophone and actually taught myself how to play the oh, saxophone. Wow. So it was, it was actually pretty dope, man. And I, I love the saxophone to this day. I, I, I bought one when I was in, well, my dad bought me one when I was in elementary. Yeah. Um, and then from there, I just had it, and it's probably up in the storage somewhere collecting dust, but I'm about to pull that thing back out. Dude, the, the, the love of music that you can get from learning how to be a musician is much different than just listening to things right. uh, through your phone and these streaming services Most or definitely. even what happens on the radio. Like, 
be having a passion for understanding how sounds are created right. yeah i believe changes you in the way that you think hmm. you know it, it it makes you want to create more in different ways do things with your hands you know right huh what well, um what what high school did you go to uh, I went to Patton Academy in East Oakland, okay. which is in the Fruitvale area. Okay, I never, I never heard. Yeah, a lot of people haven't. Uh, so I tell, so if you, uh, if you know Saint Elizabeth, yeah, 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 I'm familiar. And you know Head Royce, yeah. We were like in the middle of that somewhere, okay. <laughs> off of Fruitvale on Coolidge Ave, small school. I graduated with a class of nine. Okay. Wow! Whoa, whoa. <laughs> so, oh, like, you me. haven't heard about it because they're like my graduating class was me and eight other people. <laughs> how was that? Uh, how was that growing up in high school? Like, was that? Did you hear about all the big high schools and you're like, damn, I wish I was like going to St. Elizabeth or? Um, kinda. I went to so I went to some big schools when I was younger, and then by the time I got to high school, I just appreciated the more hands-on approach that I got in these smaller settings. Um, I had friends that went to other schools and yeah. I would go to their school dances. Like, you know, so I had a, you, I had a yeah. girlfriend that went to Berkeley high when I was a junior, right, so she was mix. a senior. Yeah, I went to their senior prom. <laughs> like I got to have all the high school, high school experiences yeah, yeah, yeah. without having to mesh into, uh, you know, being at a school with 900 seniors. Right. And then you kind of get forgotten about because your teachers don't have time right. to be on your neck as much, you right. know, or to pull you by your ear and be like, Hey bro, what are you doing? Right. So I, I appreciate the fact that I had that a little bit more. Like, that mentorship m meant a lot for me then, means a lot for me now. Hmm. So so what all that, like, how did, like, so the Bay Area culture, like, it's like no other, especially yeah. how here in Oakland. So I want to see, like, how did, like, the culture of the Bay kind of inspire you to do the profession you do as well as, do it to such a level you do it at. Because, like, I, I can see it in your eye that you love doing this. Yeah, no. And, like, it's a passion for you. Uh, when I remember being a kid and watching the TV show Martin, and I was like, you can be an adult <laughs> and do that for work and, like, have an apartment and a girlfriend? Oh, and, yeah, like, yeah, he was a... And I remember watching one episode of Martin, and he had a, a coffee mug on a table, and it was a KML Jams coffee mug. And I remember saying, uh -huh. like, that's a radio station that I listen to. Right. And I went to an adult at the time and I huh. said, I think I want to be on the radio. Huh. And they were like, nah, that's not realistic. You got to get a real job. Huh. <laughs> and it deterred me for a really long time. Yeah. And I almost forgot about it until I was in high school. I started DJing, doing little neighborhood parties and stuff like that. And when I graduated, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I went to college because people told me I should go to college. Uh -huh. And I did that for a couple of years. And my friends were kind of doing whatever little small mm -hmm. odd jobs they were doing. I got jobs working in kitchens and food service mm -hmm. and different things like that. And I got a phone call one day from a homie who said to me, uh, my man, DJ Mir, love that guy. Uh, Mir was like, yo, you ever thought about doing radio? And I said, ah, I mean, uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. And he goes, all right, you know, cool. He called someone at the radio station. I got a phone call that next week, and uh, they asked me. They said, hey, man, like, uh, we got an internship up here. Huh. Are you interested in coming by and interviewing for it? That was September 6th, 2004, huh. and I've been there since. 
it's funny you say that because uh, I seen a picture with you and Shay Diddy that she posted <laughs> like a while back. This had to be yeah. some years ago, and it was you and her in like white tees, and y'all was just like looking like y'all was just yo working so much that day. Me and Shay <laughs> just had this conversation not too long ago. Shay started a couple months after I started, and since that happened, we became really close. I was say you can we became together, really huh? close, um, just as as family. Like mm-hmm. that's my sister. A hundred percent. We slept on the floor together Mm -hmm. to be able to wake up on time to go to concerts that were 18 hour days and 113 degree heat. Sometimes we, you know, went out on the streets and did events together for the radio station and different stuff. And then every so often I would get another position and then she would get another position and then I would get another position and then she would get another position. And I remember everybody thought that I would get the full time on air gig Mm -hmm. before she did. You ask her, she'd tell you the same thing. And she ended up getting the full time, you know, five day a week job before I did. Mm. And I called her and I was like, yo, Shay, I just want to say congratulations. And she goes, I didn't know how you were going to take that. So I was, I wanted to call you, but I, and I was like, you, my family, man. And, and I want to see you do right. everything you possibly can. Right. And we've been doing this back and forth thing for a long <laughs> this time. It's like a friendly competition. So, yeah, right this there? don't really mean nothing to me. It wasn't even competition. Yeah. It was just like, yo, I want to see you grow. You watch me grow. Right. And then by the time I called her and we had talked about that and I congratulated her, I went back to work hard just mm-hmm. to be able to do what I really felt like I wanted to be doing right. with my life. And less than three months later, I ended up with my own full-time position, wow. which, you know, is a lesson to some folks out there. Cause they'll be like, somebody gets something before you get that you think it's, you should get not enough room for me now. Like, and, and a lot of folks feel like they got that, that weirdo hate ego in their heart yeah. that won't allow them to say congratulations to somebody. Uh, but man, listen, if you love people and you want to see people grow, right. do that because when it's your turn, it's your turn. And guess what? If that door don't open, it's not your door. Right. Right, right. You know? So, what I want to say, like, what kind of resources do you got to have to kind of, like, get into radio? Like, I know you said, Joe, you had a DJ homie who got you, like, who, who gave well, you the heads up. But well, I'll tell you this. The majority of people. Who, who I got to network with, man, to get on the radio. <laughs> like, the majority of people back in the day, it was just about sending in a resume and then trying to do an internship or things like that. Uh-huh. There's a lot of ways to get into radio now. If you, you know, have a successful podcast or maybe a television show. Or something like that. <laughs> you know, it's an easy way to build up a following and create your own voice and then practice your voice and, uh, you know, just get people to have their eyes on you. It's the same way as like the music industry. So many people ask, well, how do I get my song on the radio or how do I, I be this popular that. guy? <laughs> I'm not um, a radio, I'm not an artist, but it, for my listeners out there, it's, it's about doing you until folks um, almost come to see what you're doing. Okay. Because if you're doing it on that big of a scale, people are going to come and, and see what you're doing. Um, it, you, can't, you can't argue your way into, mm-hmm. into play. All you can do is make the best records you possibly can and try to get attention from people right. who you know, are consumers of music. Because obviously, if you have the biggest song in the Bay Area, I don't want to be the last person to play the song. Right. You know, I want to make sure that p- 
people who are coming to hear that can come to me to Y'all hear it. Y'all are good about dropping, like, the newest song, especially if they out the bay, for real. Yeah. And her Dej Love gig, KML, like, and uh, she's Big from, Ups, yeah, like, she's from Detroit, from Detroit you know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm saying, so yeah, I'm like... A lot of things start here. Dej Love started here, LMA started right. here. A lot of big records come out of the Bay Area right. that maybe aren't from here, but a lot of people do get opportunities who are from here to make it to that next level, too. And, like, so just to touch on a little bit more about that, so... I don't know. You, you can tell me if I'm wrong or not, but <laughs> <I've>, <laughs> as a curator of music, yeah. a professional curator, curator of music, I give me your opinion. So I think that the Bay does not get its enough credit. I feel like people come here, you know what I mean, do their thing out here, and then take take it back and do they and do their thing where they from, and really it, it make it their own. But I mean, that happens. That happens too. That happens too. And in some ways, I feel like it happened a lot. Do you feel like that, or just like it? <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like the Bay gets a lot of credit. I think that sometimes the people who we think should get credit don't get credit. And everybody has those folks who are in their community. L.A. for a long time felt like Nipsey should have gotten a lot more credit than he got. And too. what we found out over time was that he was going to grow into that credit. And he did. Yeah. Folks yeah. like Dom yeah. Kennedy – Kendrick Lamar wasn't an overnight success. A lot of these huge folks who come from where they come from, it just takes time. And for some people here, it takes time. And for other people, they get a big shot, and maybe it works for a while, and maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's because of them. Maybe it's because of the audience. Maybe it's because, you know, the support wasn't really ever there. They just had something that was catchy. Right. But I can tell you this, the legacy that the Bay Area has put forward in regards to music is not to be sneezed at in any way. Currently, we got folks like her, uh, G Easy. We got you know the Adrian Marcells, mm-hmm. um, you know uh, uh, even folks like I am Sue and Pilo, who maybe have a smaller audience out outside of here in certain places, mm-hmm. and in other places have a large audience outside of here and can go and sell out a show in places like Austin or L.A. or right. Kansas City or somewhere else, but. You know, are there people who are here who we love and like <laughs> that maybe should have gotten a better shot or yeah. should be pushing forward to get that better shot? Sure. But do I think we're slept on? Not as long as we have, you know, Sly and the Family Stone in mm-hmm. our book. Not as long as we have in Vogue and Tony, 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 right. Raphael Sadiq, Too Short and E-40, mm-hmm. right. you know, and all of the folks who MC rode along Hammer. through all of that. <laughs> Hammer, I mean, Hammer's somebody who... Biggest pop star, uh, one of the first pop stars from In the world. world, yeah, as far as hip-hop goes, right. you know, so it... it we, we got a lot, we got a lot to do and a lot, uh, 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 a long way to go. Right. But uh, I, would, I would never say that we're slept on because we always going to bring something out as soon as people yeah. think that we we're ain't got it. We're so, yeah. going to hit them over the head with something brand new. We think we done. We, we bounce exactly. right back. Yeah, I feel you on that. So with that then, so what do you think the state of the Bay Area music scene is today? Uh, I mean, it's like I said. I just named a couple folks who mm-hmm. are, are working right now. Pilo is working heavy right now. Uh, that's folks my, like that's SOB, my guy. shout out Pilo. Yeah, man. Folks like SOBRBE, you know, a group out of out of Vallejo, had placements on the Black Panther soundtrack, which that was the biggest movie in the world. Damn, I forgot about that. Yeah, that man, was the biggest movie in the world, yeah. and they had a good yeah, record right. that was on that oh, that man, yeah. people are feeling. You know, there are other artists from here like Kamaya and Capolo and different people who maybe haven't gotten 
crazy out of here yet, yeah. but definitely have shine. Guap Dad 4000, you know, West <laughs> Oakland guy. That's a dude who is is getting a bit of shine. There right. are there are people who are here who are working who are maybe on small scale, maybe on medium scale, and then maybe they're out of here. You know, shout out to G-Eazy. G-Eazy took a lot of guys who not a lot of people knew on a world tour hmm. and got them in places where they wouldn't have been if that wouldn't have happened. Yeah. So, you know, even with somebody who is on a more pop level, some might say, like G, he still is bringing in heavy representation right. here. Yeah. And oh, every year, every other year, we get something that is knocked out of the park. So, you know, a lot of people, again, say they the Bay isn't doing what it's doing because that maybe their guy isn't where they want him to be or they don't see it working like that. But, you know, as long as her is doing every concert, every major mm -hmm. stage in the world, Vallejo representative, I, yeah. I got to say, we still put in work. And I love hers uh, duets with anybody she do. Like, she, <laughs> with that guitar, she fire. I just got to say that. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, man. So, uh, yeah, I appreciate that, man. Um, so, speaking a little bit more about you being in radio, like, what – kind of setbacks did you have you know what i mean like coming up in the uh, radio world you mean like being broke as a person like <laughs> <laughs> like interning, for, like, yeah, yeah, interning like for a couple years and then working minimum wage and then having to work two or three jobs everybody and do see different what you're stuff. doing now you know what yeah. i mean they don't nobody see the struggles and you feel me like yeah the, i mean everybody everybody sees the end result and thinks that they know the road. And a lot of people don't necessarily know the road. And I can't say that my road is different from a lot of people. I grew up in Oakland. Um, I grew up with a lot of the familial struggles mm -hmm. that a lot of us did in Oakland. I grew up with a lot of the uh, struggles as far as, you know, education or, you know, needing a little bit more help mm -hmm. uh, with certain things. And then just as an adult trying to manage working two or three jobs so that I could do the thing that I really wanted to do, right. which was, you know, be on the radio. So right. my struggles are more so along the lines of having to um, having to say no to fun mm -hmm. in my 20s yeah. so that I could do the responsible things. That's hard to man. be able to get yeah. the thing that I wanted at the end of the day. I didn't go on a real vacation until I was almost 30 years old. Like, all my friends were, oh, we could go to Vegas and we'd party. I didn't go to Vegas until I was almost 30 years old. Oh, I didn't go out of the country, you know, to, to vacation until right. I was around 30 years old. I spent from 19 to 28, basically, working six or seven days a week. Mm -hmm. But I can't even say that that was necessarily a struggle or a setback because it put, a, it, yeah, it put a work ethic in me that I have now that is allowing me to build and create and, and rock with so many other things and people that, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy about the time that I spent in the way that I spent it. Hmm. That's good. That's what's up, man. I'm, I'm glad to hear that you love doing what you're doing because, uh, I think that for anybody, you need something like, you, you need to love what you're doing to right. be able to go hard at it. I tried so many things that I don't love doing yeah. and I burned out so quick, you know what I mean? So and stepping into me like doing this podcast like i didn't really realize how much i would love doing this like i, I really like enjoy doing this now so yeah. like i don't know man just it's good to hear you talk about stuff like that yeah i mean radio radio podcasting audio video stuff is fun because i can say for me it allows me a space to really be able to kick it with my friends 
That's same, same way I thought. Uh, yeah, I want to talk to people I want to talk to and have fun, and I want to hang out with my friends. Bro, that's and if we can do some work product right. while we're at it, like why wouldn't right. we? But I think like that about a lot of things. Like growing up in the nightlife industry, like yo, I'm a DJ, and I got to come here and do the job that I have to do. And right. you know, bartender friends have to do the jobs that they yeah. have to do. But after we done, though, we about to kick it. Yeah, right, 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 right. So, you know. That's what's up, man. Um, so, yeah, like, like I said, we t- we we love the Bay. We from out here. We yeah. love the culture and everything. What – if you, say you love music, why not go to, you know what I mean, somewhere else and, 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 and try to – like L.A. or something, you know what I mean? Like, because obviously the entertainment world is a lot bigger out there than it is out here. I mean – Kind of. I'm in the top five market. San Francisco Bay Area is a top five gotta, market that, in the yeah. country. I do, I do so that. I'm not missing out on too much being in San Francisco than L.A. If I was going to go to, uh, you know, uh, Tallahassee or something like that, I would feel like I'd be <laughs> missing out. But there's n- not too many people who are going to come to L.A. and come do radio or come to TV that aren't going to come to San Francisco at some point in time. So I still feel like I'm getting a lot here. Plus, this is home base. And for me, it's about community and yeah. using the voice that was um, given to me by, you know, the folks who came before me, the community folks, uh-huh. the organizers, the, you know, um, people who were on the radio back in the day, using uh, their voices and their influences to be able to speak to the kid who I was when I was sitting next to the right. radio. I, I went to an event honoring this dude, Davey D, who used to be on the radio here back in the day. He still does a lot of community stuff, and he does some public radio now, too. Mm-hmm. I went to that event. That was one of the last things I did before COVID. Hmm. And uh, I ran into Rennell, who's a legend, right, legend. Rennell uh, currently is the voice of the San Francisco Giants, first woman to do, uh, be a stadium voice in oh, wow. MLB. Huh. And she's black. And she's funny, and she's entertaining, and she's from here, and she used to do my job. She oh. was on the radio in the morning in San Francisco. And Rennell came and patted me on the back, and she was like, yo, I'm proud of you. Also, you know what you got to do, right? I had Sway come to me. Hey, man, what's up? Hey, you, what, what you doing, man? You good? All right, man, listen, you know what you got to do, right? And it almost was people who – or not even almost, it was people who were from the soil Mm -hmm. saying to me, the responsibility that you heard in our voices is the responsibility that you have to put forward sitting in the seats that we once sat in. Right. And that meant a lot to me, and that's why I do what I do how I do. I'm not up there to, to, you know, be a clown. I'm up there to, you know, I'm going to crack jokes, just like we all are at whatever point in time. But... There's a standard that has to be upheld right. by folks who it was hard for the, for them to get those seats back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it was hard for me to get mine, you mm-hmm. know, less so than them. But that next person who comes behind me, I want them to have the same responsibility and right. using their voice that I was challenged with as well. That's what's up, man. That's what's up, man. I'm, I'm super like, I, I don't know, man. I keep saying it, but I like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just so refreshing to keep seeing, to see somebody like, my, around my age, you know what I mean? Really taking the responsibility and putting it on their back, you know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of like carrying it up the hill for the, for the next person to 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 follow behind. So, yeah. uh, and and 
I, I guess I can count myself as that person that wanted, I guess, wanted to do it now, and, you know, starting this production. So, yeah, uh, yeah man, it's just like, man, <laughs> um, I, I wanted to actually talk a little bit about community and everything. Yeah. Um, so, like, I just, what, can, how would you describe your relationship with the community? I mean, man, uh, I wouldn't be who I am without, uh, without Oakland. I wouldn't be who I am without all parts of Oakland. And I, I had so many people in my past who were challenged to do things that um, maybe would have put them at risk, maybe would have um, changed their lives drastically, and they decided to, to do for others above mm. themselves. I'll give you an example. So the Cypress Freeway fell in 1989 when the Loma Prieta earthquake hit. Mm -hmm. My grandfather, um, his name was William McElroy, uh, when the when the Cypress Freeway fell, the top half fell on the bottom half. My grandfather was living a couple blocks away from there. He went and grabbed the ladder, and he took the ladder and put it up on the side of the freeway and engaged the community to come and try to help people down off the ladder. And he climbed between the top layer and the bottom layer of the freeway to try mm -hmm. to help pull people out of their cars. Wow. So if my if my grandfather did that, the least I can do is to work with commissions that are around the city or work with youth, right? right? I did eight years of working with the Northern California Sickle Cell Camp, working with kids with sickle cell disease, taking them to camp every year. Um, I did a couple years working as a counselor at Prescott Elementary School. And I don't talk about all of the community work that I do as much. Mm. I work with, um, with uh, the folks who do the Malcolm X Jazz Festival, putting together the youth stage mm -hmm. every year. These are things that I do for the love of Oakland and for the love of the community that I'm not trying to brag about right. as much, but because the people who, again, came before me had a responsibility to the community, mm. I feel like I have a responsibility to put that work in too. I can't just come and take, take, take. I can't go and get my check working at a radio station and then go home and say, yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know, I can't not invest in uh, in my community, in business, and in, you know, the love of people and in music spaces. Mm -hmm. I can't take and not give. I feel like that would be wrong. Right. So I, I try my best to honor the people who put me in position to be able to do this work um, by, by doing the work across my free time and when I'm being paid to. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's just, it's just what it is for me. Like, there's no, there's no uh, way that I personally feel like I could function um, if not to give, especially to this city. Right. I am getting more into my charitable events as well and trying to figure out where I can lend a helping hand where... I feel like I can make the most impact. Yeah. Um, I, 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 one of the reasons I wanted to, besides just having a good conversation with good people, yeah. I actually wanted to be a resource. I want to be a resource for people who want to get in industries like music and uh, wine and uh, uh, food industry, the restaurant mm -hmm. industry. Mm -hmm. So I feel like this is one way to give back. And I'm like always constantly in search of like looking for more to, to do. So what advice would you give me uh, trying to man um, have a lot of conversations a lot of things open up to you 
through conversations with good people. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people feel like they're too busy to talk to the person that's next to them or the person that's serving them food right. or serving them drinks, the person that maybe stands around and you don't know what they do. Have a conversation with those folks and see what they're all about. See what they're doing, why they're doing. Mm-hmm. Talk to these people because so many doors have opened up from me through conversation. And not asking. Just talking. But just just talking right. and letting people know what you're about and what you do and what you're interested in. And then also really listening to them and seeing what they're interested in, what they're about and, and what they do because – You'll never know what kind of doors that'll open for you. It's opened so many doors for me. Hmm. Some some to learn, mm-hmm. some in business where I've lost money but learned, mm-hmm. uh, some in business where I've made money, had a great time. You just got to open yourself up to people and, and get ready to have conversations. And some of them are right. going to be hard, and some doors are going to get shut in your face, even if maybe they may seem like they were open initially, right. but... Just got to keep going. Right. And I'm, I'm learning that as right now. Um, one of my things growing up has me, it was me being more consistent and just like, like you said, opening my mouth more. Yeah. I, I was in a state where um, I was so like closed off to everybody where, and I started feeling like I was out the loop. I started yeah. feeling like I was isolated and everything like that. And I just hated that feeling. So like one of my goals, it's like when I was like 22, 23, I'm, I'm, I'll be 29 this month. Yeah. Um, so um, it was just like learning curve, trying to figure out who I am. You know what I mean? So, For sure. Um, and and I, I feel like I'm a lot better now. It's like, hence the show. Yeah. Um, and I, I love it so much now. I'm like, starting a show just to reach out to people. Hey, bro, let's have a conversation on yeah. camera. You know what I mean? So uh, for a lot of people, that's super hard, though. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. it's crazy. Um, most people don't Most people don't know how to engage in real conversations. Uh-huh. A lot of people are told that, you know, they don't deserve to be speaking to certain people. So they, they get... They feel like that just in yeah, general. Yeah, they, they, they get reserved and, like, at this point in my life, I got so used to having conversations yeah, to, and it, it was to my benefit at work, right? Like, I don't care who you are as far as artist or TV person or whatever. That don't matter to me. If you come in here, we're going to talk. Right. Like, we're regular people. Right. We're going to chop it. And then, you know, I'm going to say nice to meet you. You could go about <laughs> your day. Maybe we'll create a friendship. Right. Maybe we won't. And right. I'll just see you when I see you. But there's no one who I could have a conversation with that, there's no one who you could put in front of me who I couldn't find something to, to talk about to talk to them about mm-hmm. and engage with them on. All right. And people just got to get a little bit more comfortable with that. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll go actually that, too. So you don't feel I mean, probably not now because you've been doing it for so long. But when you first started, you had that like, yeah, if you're not nervous, you don't care. Because I know you talked a lot of big artists that come through the Bay, if, whatever. If you're not nervous, you don't care. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's a certain amount of nerves, and then there's changing those nerves and turning those nerves into something that works for you. Like the first time I got on a summer jam stage in front of 10,000 people, sure, I was bugging before I hit the steps when they put the microphone in my hand. And when I ran up there and everybody like screamed and gave me their energy, I was ready to give them my energy. Right, in return. 
it became something that felt huge. So I just allowed that conversion to happen. And then I got off and it was like, oh, man, I could do that again. Right, right. Huh. And I have over and over, over. again. <laughs> and, and I still get that tick of nervousness before I go. Mm-hmm. But when it's time to go, you just go. Right. Because yeah. we're all human beings. In my opinion, no one is above another person. I don't care who you are. Mm-hmm. So why can't we just sit down and, and chop it, exchange and share a meal and, and, and have a drink together? Uh, there's a... Um, uh, 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 restaurant down in uh, Louisiana I saw on this TV show one time um, this older woman was running that was like her family restaurant I believe it was called Dookie Chase's restaurant <laughs> and the woman uh, was talking about how so many civil rights folks had come in there and had conversations over meals and the meals ended up being the linchpin to those conversations happening hmm. like you know you could say to somebody hey let me talk to you you can say to somebody, hey, let's go get something to eat. And then that food that's feeding your body and that's feeding your soul, mm-hmm. it does something different to the conversation. Right. Yeah, that's why that's what me and Chef was talking about uh, last episode, just food, how food just brings people together. And yeah. there, there is no um, hatred. You, you, you can't hate. The food I cook, and then <laughs> you can't like right. the food I cook, and then and they hate me. Yeah, like what Chef says. So I was like, man, that's so true. Like, if somebody don't like me, I'm gonna ask them to come over and uh, <laughs> taste some of my food. I don't know if they don't like it or not. You know right. what I mean? But yeah, I mean, it's, that's 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 dope, man. That's yeah. dope. That's yeah, yeah. Um, before I let you go, man, top five songs from the Bay, ever, ever. Okay. This is going to be... Only Bay Area artists. Yeah, only sure. Yeah, yeah. Artists. No, sure. This is going to be a little bit difficult, maybe, but I think I can reel off five. <laughs> so I'm going to say uh, I got five on it remix. <laughs> so let's start there. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, I am going to say Blow the Whistle Too Short. Okay. Classic. Guapale Closer. My favorite E-40 song is actually, I Hope I Don't Go Back, <laughs> which somebody is going to be mad at me about somewhere, and I don't care. And also, because I'm going to pick a fifth, I'm going to say it's a tie between Town Business okay. by Keek the Sneak uh-huh. and White T-Shirt, Blue Jeans, and Nikes. Hey. I, honorable honorable mention, Richie Rich, don't do it. Okay, you had to you had to do that one. Yeah, no, had I had to. I had to do that I one. I had to. One of the songs I really love, and damn, I, I hope I don't get this wrong on camera. <laughs> uh, the Hyphy Juice remix. Oh yeah, Clyde what Carson, can right? I mix yeah. in with my juice? Yeah, nah, yeah, hyphy, for sure. Hyphy, hyphy. Yeah, no, that's, that's my that's my jam, man. That's my. That jam. I remember one summer jam they came out with the inflatable hyphy can. It was a hyphy mascot yeah, yeah, in the yeah. can on the stage. That was ridiculous. That's hella funny, bro. Uh, yeah, man. So, any closing words of advice, man, for anybody out there who want to get on radio, who's just trying to be better in life, who just want to make it happen some way, somehow. You know what I mean? What words do DC have for that person? Man. I got to say, it's very simple to me, and it's cliche maybe for some folks, but 
Nike, their slogan is just do it. And if I had listened to people, I wouldn't have done anything that mm. I'm doing now. Mm. If I had listened to that elder when I was a kid who said, man, radio is going to be too hard. You can't do it. Mm. Maybe I wouldn't have done it. If I had listened to that person that said, well, it's really hard to get these club DJ gigs because everybody's fighting for them. I wouldn't be DJing, you know, in clubs and I wouldn't be DJing on concert stages right. and for artists. If I had listened to that person at the radio station who said there are only four jobs Monday through Friday on the radio, mornings, middays, afternoons and nights. People sit in them all the time. You're never going to get one. I now am co-hosting mornings with the Sonogy Morning Show right. and doing middays, which means I have two of the four jobs that you told me I was never going to get. Do the thing that you love. Hmm. Do the thing that you want to do. Try to enjoy the hell out of it. And don't let anybody deter you. Because all they're doing is telling you that you can't because they couldn't. Right. That's it. Anything else? I don't care, bro. Try to figure out a way. Try right. to find a way. And if you can't find a way to do it professionally, practice and love it. And you'll spare time until you can figure it out. Wise words, my man. Wise words, bro. Appreciate you, man. Let the people know. I know. They know over there. But let sure. the other people know where they can find you at every day. Uh, man, listen. 106.1 KMEL FM Bay Area. 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. with the Sonogy Morning Show. Uh, 10 a.m. till 2 p.m. with me. Uh, and, you know, listen. When, when COVID is over, I hope y'all come and see me. At any of these parties or clubs that I'm DJing Most all definitely. over the place, I'll, I'll let them know when, um, where you're gonna be at. Most you know, definitely. Uh, the country and all of that. Catch me on Instagram, Twitter. Mm -hmm. DC is chilling. Uh, DC I S C H I L L I N. If you think there's somewhere on social media where you can find me, it's at DC is chilling. Mm -hmm. Super simple. Same place. <laughs> same name. Everywhere. Um, and you know, man, listen, I, I I I've had a good time, brother. You know, just being able to chat with you today. Hey, man, I appreciate you even more, man. It's been a great honor talking with you, man. Yeah. Um, I know Sade over there getting ready oh, to whip some drinks up. Uh, if you want to go over, you can go grab a drink and yeah. do our thing, man. We got it. Hold on. So I, I, gotta, I ain't trying to be all up in her face right, like this right, off top right. without, without covering up. Hold yeah, on. I got you. I got you. I'm right with you, man. <laughs> Let's do it. Oh, man. Hold on. Let's all get right, this man. Yes, sir. Oh. Wait, did we get that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. No? Oh, <laughs> Dang. That was it. 